Hey, hey, this is Mike Estime, the host of TMFH, this motherfucker here. Or for my Virgin Ear listeners, this mofo here. And we'll be picking up from the midpoint of our conversation with my special guest, Brad Tassel, comedian and author, and my comedian compadre here on the Carnival Cruise Lines. Thanks again for listening. And if you have missed any parts of our episodes, please listen up on SoundCloud or and or iTunes. Thanks again, and you make it a great and productive day. Peace. In Hollywood, you do the shit you said you never would. But good is evil and bad is good. The only place I feel understood. In Hollywood, you do the shit you thought you never could. But good is evil and bad is good. The only place I feel understood is Hollywood. You didn't date Italians. Very white English, really from an English family back in 1920s. Yeah, that's it was beneath you. Oh, oh yeah. Oh no, Italians. But, what are you crazy? That right. was the time when Italians the mob. were no, no. That well, it wasn't. That was pre-mob. They were they were kind of in Al Capone stuff like that. But no, Italians were. You know the I don't know who's there were the Mexicans uh, in Trump's eyes of today. Trump's so, right, so, right? Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Oh no, that was a big scandal. But he just so uh, that was like interracial relationships. Like it back was, then, like the it blacks? was considered interracial back then. Really? Yeah, basically. So, but he had a uh, job. It wasn't against the law though. Okay. All other interracial was against the law. <laughs> so uh, they fell in love, and then they moved to Iowa, and my dad was born in Iowa, and then they moved to Mishawaka, Indiana, which is where I grew up, and then my mom, her. Uh, mother uh, from Elkhart, Indiana, and my mom's dad came back from World War II and forgot what town he lived in, and he just ended up in Florida. <laughs> oh, he came back from the war. How romantic. He came romantic. back from the war in Florida. Yeah, yeah okay. Like, and they're like, uh, what, did, what happened to him? Oh, I forgot where I lived and where my family was, mm. and so he started a new family in Florida, okay. and, then my, uh, and my grandmother never remarried until I was, after I was born. She finally married a guy who was a trust fund kid. He had, his parents were really, really rich, and he never had a job his entire life, and all he did was spend money. And by the time he met my grandma, he was just about broke. They had, oh. He had just gotten the plane repossessed, and he only had his boat left, and he had a couple nice cars. But yeah, my grandma was a saver, and she was in, had one of the first MBAs ever in wow. IU at, in the 1930s. <laughs> and uh, so she said... Marry me and I'll take care of you. Day. <laughs> oh God, yeah. And I never knew he wasn't my grandpa until after he died. I thought he was my grandpa. Wow. So, yeah. Damn. So, I know. That's like a Jerry Springer, uh, pre Jerry Springer. And you are not the grandson you thought he was. What? My mom's side have been here since the, they fought in the revolution. So my daughter is a, a DAR, which is a daughter of the American Revolution. Wow. So we've been here since uh, since then. My grandma and my dad's side they were 1700s and then. My grandma's mom and dad came from Sicily. Oh, sweet. Here's something you can't do in Chicago anymore is build your own house. <laughs> okay. Just you and your buddies. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> get boards. <laughs> that's what they did. Really, just go like, hey, what are you up to? Ah, yeah. You want to build a cabin? Wanna, sure. Yeah, yeah. You have to actually have permits and stuff like that. They, mm-hmm. And they just built a kind of a weird... Where did they build the house? Where did they... Melrose Park in Chicago. Wow. Back then it was all Italian. Mm-hmm. Now it's all Latino and stuff like that. Still a beautiful little area, but it's all Latino. Interesting. Scared. Interesting. I used to go to Italian Fest. Now, with all this, you know, now, did you find this out like through 23andMe, or you just yeah, had I a know, lineage? I just grow, talking to my, I loved 
finding out history from I was the only one of my grandparents grandkids who gave a flying crap about anything that they cared about you know that the history who right. they were mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time with my grandparents uh, my brothers and sisters never wanted to go there never and I'm the only product of my parents my brothers and sisters they all came with each parent I've got my mom had a daughter and a son my dad had a son mm-hmm. they got married they had me so I'm the only product of them so I was very into I would spend weeks staying at my grandparents house and, and stuff like that so and my brothers and sisters didn't care so I, I just all the stories I would sit and listen to my grandma and grandpa just tell story after story and then I would stay with my other grandma and just hear and I would I would ride back in these days kids don't know today they would both smoke in the car right yeah yeah and have the windows up and I'd stand between them in the car and then if we ever got in a wreck they just have to get their arm up fast enough before I hit the windshield right yeah oh yeah the uh, the uh, parental seat belt yeah where the wind it comes up and you like they smack you either in the chest or crush your windpipe yeah, yeah. so as the cigarettes in my grandparents uh, well all four of my grandparents huge smokers well and my other grandparents I learned by the age of eight or nine how to mix martinis in the car <laughs> <laughs> they had a, uh, a, not an Avanti, they had an old, beautiful uh, 60s sports car, and it had a bar in the mm-hmm. middle, in between the seats. Wow. <laughs> so I would mix martinis as they were driving, and give, and they both drink Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Ah, the good old days. That's how they rolled. I didn't know this. Yeah, you weren't born. I was born too. Yeah, you're right. I'm thinking. You know, now I'm thinking like Mad Men. I'm like, you know, how they smoke. This was Mad Men. Yeah, they're smoking, drinking in the car, and uh, I was serving them at eight, nine years old. So you were like, uh, you were a bartender in training. Did you ever do bartending? My parents owned restaurants. That's what uh, I grew up. Well, they owned. My dad owned. uh, uh, He owned a biker, really hard bar. Well, he buffed horns. Was his first job? Buffed horns. What is what is that? Buffed horns. Uh, it's uh, male prostitution. No, it's hey, that's what they called it back in the sixties. No, so you buffing horns? You know, you know, uh, brass and brass. And okay, stuff okay, like that. okay. And so when they come through in the factory, there's got the end. It's got to get them all buffed up right for. Oh, the okay, okay. So when he was in the union, and uh, when he got out of high school, he borrowed a thousand dollars from his parents, and he bought a four apartment duplex, and then he started working that, and he made a lot of money doing that and being in the union so he just kept buying properties and one of them was a bar in uh in our hometown and then he met my mom at who had just gotten out of being married to a terrible terrible person Mm -hmm. she was living in a trailer she was the accountant like the bookkeeper at the factory and my dad was the horn buffer so they met and my dad liked that uh she was an accountant, first of all, yep, and yep. could do the books for him. Right. And then so they got married, and uh, they moved into – he owned a little apartment building in Mishawaka where where I was born. And, uh, yeah, I only moved uh, three houses. You know, I only moved about a mile. From when I was three, I moved from that to a house across the street from a park, and then my wife, my wife, my wife. Ooh, when you say wife and you mean your mom, Wait, uh, well, there's what? a problem. Yeah, so, no. uh, <laughs> so this was in West Virginia. Yeah, this is in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. My wife is more like my, my grandma was. But anyway, right, right. so we moved into the house that my mom just sold, I mean, after 50 some years. So same Wow, the, the tradition that you guys yeah. are keeping is they ridiculous. All stayed, well, I left at 18. I moved Do- out of town and didn't come back. Oh. Everybody else is still there. At, in Mishawaka. In, in Mishawaka. All my brothers said, so my parents, my dad owned this one bar, and then the city was going to knock the bar down, and the Buffing Horns place, the factory went bust, but he also owned a bunch of real estate, so he had this bar that was, 
and they were going to knock that down. He owned the building across the street, and they said, let's make that a bar. And they, he got two partners, and they spent $400,000 in the 70s rebuilding the place at 21% interest. Oof. So it couldn't just be a bar. It had to be, so he made it steaks and seafood, real nice restaurant. And then they just started opening restaurants all over town. They at one point had like six or seven Wow. And a banquet place. And they just now, because they're in their 80s, basically, they just sold everything but the one original restaurant, and then they still own all the real estate. People ask me why I've never bought real estate. I said, because someday I'm going to have some real estate. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to run a lot of real estate. Right. So it's all, so basically, is, 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 is it all in your name? No, no, no. no. It's there. No, they're all. It's, no, they're still fine. No, my parents are still. My mom is 79 and works 18 hours a day. My dad is 84 and he cleans the grease traps in the restaurant. No, no, they're in, they're in monster health. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, my dad works out four times a week. He's uh, no, no, they're they're. Oh my they're, god, they're not going anywhere quick. My oh. mom runs my my corporation that from my LLC. So, Real? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, she went back and got her. Uh, CPA and all that because she had had to quit college because she got pregnant <laughs> and uh, but she went back she graduated the same year I did from college you get out of here yeah oh, what college did you go to I went to IU I, and she, University she went okay. to IU South Bend but I went to IU Bloomington okay and, uh, and we graduated the same year yeah she finished college that's and awesome. I immediately asked her if she'd teach at the college, and she said, no, I've got way too much work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just got a real estate license, too, 78, because she wants, if if they want to start selling off some of the real estate, she thought, why don't I just do it? Why would I have a real estate agent pay them? And so she went back, got a real estate license. And, Dang, this yeah, woman is amazing. 4.0, oh, no, brilliant. Yeah, my mom is so smart. Oh, my and goodness. And my dad is... It's a good mix because he's not, he can't spell the word manager. If you, if you manager, I know it has man in it. He just can't, he's, he's, but as far as knowing people and knowing how to do things, he's got a street common sense and a business sense that is incredible. So that's a nice little It's an incredible mix. Blend. Oh, right. This is why they got divorced when I was 17 because they, just, <laughs> they love each other, but they couldn't, they were business partners. Right. It wasn't. So are they better better, they're better apart, as, apart than they were together? So they're better they, as friends? Better. Oh yeah, no, they're well they're they're great partners. Friends. Yeah, they're oh yeah, they've worked together still. That oh no, they're they're just like they've always been. It's wow. just they're not together. Right. And but they but they work great together yes. as well. Oh, yes. that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's weird. That is yeah. that is strange. It's like me and my well, I call it my baby's mama, her name is Michelle. <laughs> that's it. I don't know why my baby mama all of a sudden. But that's uh, that's how um uh, me and her, uh, now we're not together. We had a daughter together. Mm-hmm. And I have three boys with my now wife. But uh, we realized, and as a great woman, great woman, it's just both of us together was too combustible. You yeah. know, plus we it Sounds were, like you did that young. Too young. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was about 20. Yeah. Yeah, that's young. Yeah, that's too young. Yeah. Well, as that's you said, let's go back to this concept uh, where you said kids hold you back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, hold you back as well. Oh, my goodness. They did just hold me back. It just pinned me down. But it was, you know, I was, as we all think, uh, we know what we're doing, which uh, clearly I did not. No. Um, I was in school, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, now I'm in school, now I'm probably almost like what you did with your mom, graduate, I'm going to graduate with my kid from school, I'm going to have to go back to school, but it all worked out, and uh, it just it just works out better this way, because she is she has her, her life, I have my life, but 
As far as being Obviously, with if you have another wife, you have your Yeah, wife. I hope I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we had we been like, you know, somewhere in Africa or somewhere in some place where we could, you know, have the big love type deal, then we can make it work. But no. You can move to Utah yeah. next month. I could, Utah's <laughs> nice. It's a nice yeah, thing. but I'm not a jazz fan. I just uh, yeah. I yeah, yeah, I I'm just I just kidding. I would have, but no. It's all about the basketball. It's all about basketball for me. Anything of course, why didn't they change their name? Yeah, People what jazz? Yeah, I don't know why, why they left. They came from New Orleans. They went to Utah. Change your name. Change it. Yeah, what? Become the polygamist. Polygamist. I know it's something, something. Yeah, something like something. You know, Utah Big Loves or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but drinkers. Yeah, I not yeah. The salty lakes. <laughs> so the yeah, there you go. Utah salty lakes. <laughs> the gets, Utah salty waters. That works out. Yeah, I like the salty waters. <laughs> Sounds like the album or a cover band. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the salty lakes singing the best of. Clearwater Creed. Muddy Waters, uh, <laughs> not so good brother. But, but, yeah, salty muddy, Waters. The Salty Water, yeah. Muddy Waters, the one that didn't make it. Yes. Uh, but uh, moving on, like now. Yeah. I want to get back to this kids hold you back thing. But, yeah. Because, yeah. Well, but it's true right? in a way, but you have to make that decision because that's the decision I made back when even earlier a relationship. Right. Like as much as the kids did when you're 20 and you're the lady that is their mother – that too, the relationship is strained because you're going to do what you're going to do. Comedy's that way. I have a book called Hell Gig. By the way, if you listen to this podcast, buy Hell Gig on Kindle. I think it's like 99 cents. And oh. what I talk about, Hell Gig and Lightning the Road comic, I wrote it in the 90s to talk what? about how stand up changes you as a person and that, that it's so different on the road right. than anybody ever even understands. No matter how great the crowd is, Something's hurting you. Something you can't figure out. Somebody back there is saying, "Why are you doing this? Why aren't you here tonight?" You know, and mm-hmm. we're going to take any gig there is. Right. I told a million comics, if you're already in a relationship and you want to start doing stand up, just break up now. Right. Because <laughs> I agree. they're not going to understand when you're going to drive six hours for seventy five dollars. When you had plans to go out with their mom for dinner one night, mm-hmm. you just show up and go, I found a gig right, right. In, a, in a bar for nine people and pay $70, and they're going to be like, what the hell are you doing? Right. Yeah, so so that in my guess is that was kind of the way it was. With it was like that with me in the beginning. First, we, we, I mean, we, went, we met in acting class, and, uh, you know, we just, it was... Like one of the spur of the moment, you know. Oh, she's an actor. I'm an actor. It's gonna be great. Yes. No drama. Yeah. And so <laughs> that we. Works out. That works. Oh, oh my God! It was perfect, and I, that it didn't. And um, as as you grow older and you understand, you know, becoming who you are. That's what college is about. Somewhat, yes. you have to figure out who you are. And she kind of didn't want to do it anymore, but I still did, even when we she was pregnant. I mean, acting. I had to be acting. Yes. And I just continued doing it. And uh, we started growing apart, like you said. And uh, that, you know, eventually that ended. And then I got with my now wife. And I thought, oh, well, you know, she understood. She met me at a comedy club. She'll understand. You were already a comic. I was already a but comic. But you weren't on the road full time. No, no. I was, uh, I was, uh, the difference. Yes. I was a comic in um, New York. Yeah. I was doing stand-up New York. I was doing all these clubs in New York. Met me in New York. I was I was doing little road gigs here and there from colleges. She thought it was a phase. And phase, yeah. She's like, it's a phase. Oh yeah. She's like, so how long are you gonna do this? I'm like, uh, forever. Yeah. I, I, this is that's pretty much a plan. I have no other uh, fallback plans. This is it. Yep. And it was funny because yeah, we just I just kept doing it, and just like you said, it's just it's, you know she wanted. I remember one time we were supposed to go on a cruise, and I got a call back. 
mm-hmm. or for a commercial. Actually, I booked the commercial. Yeah. So they had to leave without me, and I did the commercial. And she was just livid. Was it national? It was a national, yeah. So that check didn't sway her in any no, way? No, at all. Yeah. Swayed her at all. She yeah. wanted to sway me off the boat. She wanted me to throw me off overboard. She was, I thought our marriage was done. So I mean, we've been divorced like 13 now? years. Oh, now it's fine. Now it's fine because first number one, she understands, and number two, uh, I don't have enough money to get a divorce. Yeah. So yeah, so pretty much I'm too, you know, I'm cheap because I walk out the house like I'm leaving, and then I look around I'm like, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Look, let's what does she let's. She do. You know, she's a lawyer. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't need you. Yeah, she's actually pretty much yeah. Well, Except a, to watch I the boys. Do a bit in the show tonight. I say, I say, folks. Uh, my wife is a doctor. She's a DR that her name and a PhD that in. So if this doesn't go well. I don't need you people at all. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But this is what makes it make me happy. And yeah. she don't she doesn't understand. Like we always say, uh, if you're not in but the business she's or still not understand. She still she still doesn't. She still she accepts it. I mean it took yeah. her about twelve years to accept it. Because even doing these ships. Yeah. She's like, Why are you doing it? I was like, Well, no one else is paying me, especially in Los well, Angeles. The money is, the money is ridiculous. So yeah. she's in LA, obviously. Yes, yeah, she's in LA but by default because of me. Because I moved here because of my management and agency, they all moved here. Well, see, that's what's interesting is that she did move with you. See, I didn't want to do that. When I met my wife, I was already had been on the road for four years full time. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was a lot different back then, 30 years ago. There was so much comedy work. Yeah. And they needed so many comics that within, you know, seven months, I had a year and a half booked ahead. I mean, I was just 50. Back then, it was 50 weeks a year on the road, wow. six nights a week, just. I mean, for 15 years, that's Oof. what I did. Just And the money was eh, you know, because yeah. it was right after the time. Because there were guys in the mid-80s making 3500 a week, and they could only talk in a row for 45 minutes, mildly humorous. Right. But then when, and I started in 87, so I got in where you still emceeing for 400 bucks a week, you right. know, and really learning your chops and being clean and getting a ton of work and then I moved up to feature in some and then by the early 90s that comedy just dropped yeah. every one of these guys making three grand that was mediocre they're over and mm. then they're looking at me going were you headlined for 800 damn right yeah, I'll right. headline for 800 <laughs> hell yeah so, sure I'll take the scraps yeah. cool because so, yeah. I, I always said as a comic I just want to work I don't even ask really what the money is at this point in my career. Mm. Uh, I want to make money, and I love doing the ships because there's a lot of money, and the crowds are amazing. But I do a lot of things that don't necessarily pay that much. People, hey, can you Mm. come for this or that? Sure, what the hell. Yeah. So I'd already spent four years full-time on the road before I even met my wife. So when we started dating, she kind of knew what was happening in the first place. And then as we dated longer she kind of had to understand this how it is so there wasn't really that that well what are you going to do are you going to change because and we sat down uh when we got engaged Mm -hmm. i sat down with her and i said look here's what's going to happen and i think that's what so many comics don't do which which i did try to keep sliding it in i sat down i said look three things could happen in my career and they're all possible and that's what i'm going to do number one is it could go like this forever. I just keep working the road, doing stand-up, and for the next 40 years, I'm gone here, gone there, and get work and don't get work and just keep working. I could get famous, and then we're really, really rich, yeah. and I'm getting all this TV. Or my career could fall apart, and I'm not a comic anymore, and i got to fall back on something else. But I'm going to try to be a comedian forever. I'm going to take things. I'm going to do that. And I said... If you can handle all this, 
and understand that there will be times that I'm just going to go, no, I booked that. And it still happens. Where she's like, oh, you booked that. And, you know, right. that, but not as much because when mm. I decided in 1990, uh, Tim Allen's manager uh, asked me to move to LA. He goes, look, you're ready. Come to LA. We'll get you on home improvement. You're going to be work. I'll find you all this stuff. We're going to do it. He goes, but you're done being a stand up for at least a couple years. And my wife and I were just getting really serious, and I did not want to move to L.A. I, I, was a, I was a regular at the comedy store, the Laugh Factory, and I would go out there every once in a while and do sets, but I just hated it out there. I love New York, too, but I never liked working there. I just loved being in New York. Right. So that's why I never moved to New York. And my wife was just finishing up her degree and going to start teaching. And I just made a decision and I said, well, I told, I told, I've done this a million times in my career where I just totally screwed it up by expecting them to acquiesce to me. <laughs> I said, no, I, I'm fine. I have a place to stay in LA. I'll just come out when you have an audition. He goes, no, You're right. that's not how it yeah, works. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They don't, uh, You're an idiot. Uh, Are you at the Laugh Factory? I'm at the Laugh Factory. I work for Jamie for a little, well. Uh, let me make an addendum to that. I go to the Laugh Factory and perform on this night called Chocolate Sundays. Wow, which, that's not racist at no, all. No, no, which I'm chocolate. <laughs> but there's no, not just black people. It's like everybody's there. I'm like, well, can Michael you call Richards it? Michael Richards is there. Because you're exactly. <laughs> <For yourself. laughs> I, I want to go on. I'm like, like, I want to go on. Not tonight, Michael. No, <laughs> no, no Michael, this is not your night. This is not your night. So, yeah, it's called chocolate. But they got little vanilla sprinkles in there because I'm like, why don't you just change it? But they call it Chocolate Sundays because at that point, there wasn't a lot of rooms for uh, for the black comics to be on that night, and then when they started making the money, or if they were represented by Jamie, then they yeah. could you oh, know God. do it. Represented yeah. by Jamie, there's a death. Yeah, death, death, death to your whole career. Yeah, right so then that did that just happened, and then I do I did the uh, comedy store and uh, this other place called Comedy Union, which is another nice spot. But yeah, I just did what I you ever normally about do. Roundlings going over and. And do a little improv. You're an actor anyway. Yeah, I'm an actor. I haven't done the groundlings. That's sure, the, that's sure the way everybody gets it these days. Yeah. I, you I pay for the class. Yeah, I, I, that's why I couldn't do it. I was like, I love that. 40,000. Uh, yeah, exactly. 40,000 to do maybe two minutes. But I, I just didn't, wasn't wanted into it. But going back to what you were saying, so you did, so you did, went to New York, didn't really, you like being in New York. Like, went to, I, and, I would, and I was a regular at, uh, I'm still a regular basically at, at uh, Dangerfields. Oh, okay. But, uh, but I was a regular at uh, Catch, although I never got on stage but once at Catch because every time I showed up to do my spot, somebody famous would show up and I'd get cut from the show. Oh, every I, time. Every it, time. I don't really? care who it was. Jimmy Walker, Webster. I don't care who it is. You know. <laughs> Jimmy Walker. <laughs> could have been, could have been Dana Plato. Dana Plato you know, coming in. You're cutting me. Like, put Dana did she Plato. die? Yeah, yeah, I know. She was but dead. Oh, no, she this did. a long time ago. Oh, this was, okay. But, uh, yeah, no, this is the 90s. I, okay, yeah, she was through that. I gave up all that. Uh, and I was, like, in L.A. at the Laugh Factory. I went out to, to do the Tuesday night. They used to do a television show at the Laugh Factory on okay. Tuesdays. Can't remember the name of it. Something Live. And I went out to tape that. And Jamie, this is a Tuesday. And I went out and I went up and Jamie said, oh my God, you stay the rest of the week, come every night, we're going to put you on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I got all these TVs coming. Well, I had a week booked the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, paid like mm -hmm. 1200 bucks, and I've always been like, I need the money. And right. the other comic would yeah, cancel everything, because Star Search was coming, and ABC, and there was like five wow. other shows. <laughs> and I said, I can't, because I never wanted to cancel, even though... 
you know, David Tribble was just some booker in Montana. Right. But I never wanted to cancel anybody, and, and I wanted the money. So I'm like, hey, man, I, I got to be in Vacaville. You know? right. And then I'm doing Provo or something for yeah. one night. And he's like, oh, no, you should need to come. And I said, well, I can come tomorrow, but I got to come early. So I came early. Star Search wasn't there yet. And I did a, a set for ABC. And the guy at ABC came up, and he goes, man, that was amazing, but... Uh, we're doing a sports thing. You didn't do any sports material. Well, nobody told me about freaking Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, hello. So so then I just went, and I just didn't move to L.A., and I decided, because I've always just liked being a comic. I, I'd like doing stand-up. If I'd have known where the future had gone, where nobody really cares how good a stand-up you are. Right, <laughs> yeah. And they won't even look at you, because they'll just put up 50 crappy local guys that are, and then they'll bring in a YouTube sensation or somebody else who's got a show. Who has a lot of followers on Twitter. Yeah, a lot of followers on Twitter. Even though a lot of them are good stand-ups, the headliner stuff, that I probably might have done that. But I knew my wife didn't want to move to L.A. I knew we were getting married. And I told her, I did tell her, I said, we'll live wherever you need to live. Because I and we've never lived in a town that has comedy since. Uh, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. I'll be doing the road forever, then, babe. But then, when my daughter was born, I really had made it because because then I started writing books and, and having little of that, and I've always done stuff in education. And uh, I was the assistant director of a gifted camp for ten years, which is where my wife and I met. Every three weeks a year, I would go just do this camp and uh, and run this camp for gifted kids. And uh, in two thousand two, when my daughter was born. I got into Carnival, which is was, was a godsend mm. because I had told her, my wife, that I was going to now try to be home a lot because there was no way I was going to be gone from my new daughter more than eight, nine days a month right. tops. And, uh, and so I got into Carnival and I said, right when I got it, I said, look, I want to work twice a month because you used to bet, then you'd never do more than three days. Mm-hmm. Back then, you would fly out, be home two days later, and if you did a back-to-front, that was amazing. They had gigs where you'd fly to Belize for the night and do one midnight show and then fly home. Oh, jeez. So when I got into Carnival, that was perfect. Perfect. And uh, so then I kind of stopped. I mean, I still worked some clubs, and I still worked some, but it was never a full week, two nights. And my wife was making a ton of money at the time, too. So And I lucked out because I only dropped about 25000 a year. You know, I'd always been making 60, 70. So, so bam, I'm still making 45. Nice. I'm home 90% of the time. I'm a great kid person. And so I got to, for until 2000, basically 10, got to raise my daughter as a stay-at-home dad. Nice. And still work the road, you know, enough to make a good bit of money. And then I created a thing called Who's Your Dads? We did some theaters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, it was, Chappelle came in. Remember when Chappelle was crazy in Africa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 50 million? Right. Nobody'd seen him for seven months. Yeah. So I had this group, the Who's Your Dads, and we were doing a, we were in uh, Dayton doing Wiley's just for an off night on a Monday. And uh, I'm setting up in the afternoon and Chappelle walks up to me and he goes, hey, uh, Brad, can I, can I do a set on your show tonight? I've been on stage in about seven months. And I was like, well, first of all, why are you here? <laughs> like, you're crazy in Africa. Okay. Aren't you in some sanitary? Yeah, right. Nah, that's a bunch of crap. He goes, we just took a trip, my family and I. I don't know where all that came he went, from. You went with his family? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, he okay. and his wife and his daughter just toured. They did, they just oh, went. Oh. You know, they, they just, after all the hubbub, he said, no, we just, we'd never traveled because I'd worked all the time. So mm-hmm. they just toured. 
and uh, and he's from Dayton. They live in Dayton. Right. Yeah. So uh, so I said, well, no. But uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see the, you. Uh, like, Everybody's you wondering do? where you are. Yeah, exactly. You're really famous right now. This is good, right. The world is question. So I said, well, yeah. And, and I said, yeah, uh, what are you going to do? He goes, well, I'll go on last. And he goes, don't tell anybody. Don't even tell the guys in the show. And I said, okay, I won't. So uh, we're doing the show, and it's fine. And we only sold about half the room. You know, there's probably only like uh, 95 people there, 85 people. But it was a great show. And uh, at the end of the show, I went up which was weird for me to just walk back up on the stage at the end. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, an Ohio dad would like to uh, rebut everything we say. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, David Chappelle. And the whole room's like, what the? No, no. <laughs> so, and then he walks in and people are just, and what's funny is our show, it was totally clean and it was non-smoking. So Dave Chappelle comes up and he smokes <laughs> the entire time and, and he cusses, dirty uh, yeah. and cusses. Nobody cared. Yeah. He did an hour and a half of, br- I mean, just, Brilliant, totally new. First of all, he does 45, 50 minutes of material. Just starts doing, just killing. And then he spent another 45 minutes telling us everything that went on since uh, the whole hubbub with the show and the 50 million and quitting. I mean, told us everything about where the money went, why he quit, how everybody, how he and his partner that had been together for all these years were now not talking right. and where he traveled. The whole place is just stunned. Right, and then I realize I've been running a camera this entire time. I have got to take. So I lean over to the guy next to me that's in the show, and I said, "I've got a videotape right now worth about fifty grand." <laughs> right, <laughs> just sitting there. And he goes, "Don't tell." And I said, "I said, don't be a dip. I'm, I'm not going to use it. Of course, terrible. Yeah, no, that's right. I'm not, not going to be that kind of jag, you know." So, so after the show, yeah, and I went to Dave. I said, "I've got a." I ran it. If you want your act, I've got. I'll give you the tape that I've got. And I said I'll clean it off, and I won't use it. I won't use it. And uh, he goes, <laughs> and this he goes, hey, I got a better idea. I've got a great studio setup. Give me the tape. I'll cut your part off. Put it on a DVD, really nice. I'll send that to you, and then I'll have this. And I said that is great. And he didn't send me. <laughs> <laughs> Took the tape, disappeared. I never got anything from him. Took my address to mail it, and he didn't send me crap. Dave, I know Dave. Can you believe it? And then next day, Rolling Stone called me. Rolling Stone magazine, and I interviewed for Rolling Stone on a. That was like because they knew that he was at they, uh, the club. They, yeah, they they had heard that he'd shown up and done stand up for the first time in seven months in Dayton. And they wow. said what? And I told I just told him the story. I didn't I didn't say there was a tape. I didn't say anything. I just said, yeah, he's just amazing things that he told. And and uh, I don't know if they I don't even know what they ran. I don't know if they ran it or I didn't. But, uh, yeah, I'm good because I'm going to start looking for. It. I'm going to look yeah, up uh, I don't know, Brad. They said they were doing a big thing on Chappelle, but I don't know. I don't know if it ever ran. I knew because or, the, the, or how they used it. Yeah, because the thing is, I, I don't know if it was the Rolling Stones um, article I meant because when all that was happening. Uh, I had the way it read was he just kind of took off, just left by himself. His wife didn't know where he was. His kid didn't like. He just kind of oh, yeah. That's what I was like. I was like, what? Because I know he, him and Neil had a falling out. Now they're yes. they're friends now. Yeah. Now they they said they talk now because I was watching. He said none of them would work. Suddenly they're famous. They're all everybody. He goes. His makeup artist had a development deal. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And Neil wouldn't talk to him because through his agent, it yeah. came to the point. I hope right. I didn't screw that up. No, no, you didn't screw. You're good. So, You're good. Uh, yeah, he said he wouldn't even talk. He had to. He had to contact his agent to find out any rewrites on the show. You know, right. it's like that's it. I, Fifty million or whatever is not worth it. I'm done. 
And he said, and I saved my money anyway. He's a big, he goes, he goes, you know, nothing dumber than a guy making 30 million of a $29 million house. He goes, I've never done that. I mm-hmm. saved my money and mm-hmm. always invested and stuff like that. So I didn't need it and I knew I was going to be fine. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, the work is the most important thing. Und- wow. Yeah. So, that's that's amazing. Yeah. That is awesome. I'd take the fifty million and just Me too. suck for a couple I, yeah, of years. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I'm just an idiot. I say that, but then I've not done that in I mean, I didn't move to LA when I had the guy who was the biggest manager in the world say move to LA. Yeah, yeah exactly. You had, uh, <laughs> so, you, you no, gonna what you said, provost? I've <laughs> screwed I've I've been offered money for many things. But I think you, I guess that's what that's uh I think it's because maybe you both and which is uh interesting to me, you and Dave, as far as your thinking, you just like being comics. You just that small, also that small town mentality. That's why I think Dave lives in Ohio, right? He still has a house in Ohio. He's just five thousand times funnier. But, right? right, right. But still, but it's still that small town. I don't like all of this um, glamour, and I don't like all of this, you know, to do about nothing. Because you, when you see him, either on specials or interviews, he's just like, eh, I'm just me. He's like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not anybody else special. I'm just, I'm just really good. <laughs> That's pretty much it. He's very strong. He's a very strong comic, but it's it, it's that t- mentality of, I just like to do the work. And it, I like what he does. Where and Prince was doing this in the last couple of years of his life, where Dave will literally just show up in a town. Yeah. And at 8 p.m. They'll just put out on social media. By the way, Dave's going to have a show at a warehouse <laughs> at two in the morning. Yeah, and they'll sell five hundred tickets in you know three hours. Yeah, and it, and, 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 and it's it, all underground. Nobody even knows if they just you know like yeah, and it would be like a, the price would be like for like twenty bucks yeah, or something like twenty like, bucks, and then yeah. just you just have to hear about it and then show up and do the show. I did that one time and uh, yeah, no, no, and then, no, 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 really, yeah, nobody showed up. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, at eight p.m. Brad Tassel's show. Brad's like, yeah, at his house. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> it's the, come to his living room. Yeah, just this is right. Yeah, no, did you sure? No one. We we have some lemonade. Nobody, anybody? Yeah, not even my dad. <laughs> exactly. He's got to clean the grease trap. No, he's got the grease trap. <laughs> hey, nice callback. Thank well you. Uh, no problem. Yeah. I, I listen. You You're see, a I, pro. You're a pro. I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> so uh, that being said. Uh, what do you attribute? Uh, obviously, you work a lot. Your work ethic and your comedy, too. Basically, who do you kind of model yourself after? Aside from your parents, who are a hell of an example, especially your mom and your dad. Well, work but- ethic-wise, I, I wish I had better skills at asking people for things. Because I never, I've always just done it myself and I'm wrong 90% of the time. <laughs> okay. And so luckily, I'm talented enough to have kept working for 30 years and still make a living. Although every week you're like, oh God, I'm done. You know, I'm not, you know, oops, I have this thing in October. Every week in October, I right. just, you know, like I screwed up, like with Carnival, I didn't get my dates in, then I got this one thing, and then I forgot, and then I was too late, so I lost October. I'm yeah. like, oh crap. So I've got two weeks in October, and I'm like, I'm fine, I'm never going to work again. So, uh, but that's been 30 years, and I've always seemed to find something. Uh, and I will do anything, but I just, I wish I had the gumption, because I know guys that'll just bug the crap out of anybody to find out who books what, how to get it, what it is, stuff like that. Right. And they really, really get a lot done. Uh, not not that he bugs people, but uh, Don Gray. Do you know Don? He's a comic. I'm not, no, I'm not familiar. He's a great guy. He's a good guy, but he, this guy, 
he's not afraid of anything. You know, now back in the day, I was a caller. Like when you called bookers, yep. I would call every day. They'd say, call me in a week, and I'd call in four days. They said, call me in a, another week, and I would call, and I would, until they got to the point where they're like, stop calling me. Mm-hmm. And then I would call them again. I would always be nice, always, until they'd say, okay, here's a week, so you'll stop calling. <laughs> you stop, right, you're and, trolling. But uh, but as I go on, and now with the emailing and stuff, I just, I just don't have the gumption is it because of the, the, the uh, part of your uh, is that uh, aspect of your life is a part of your life? You're a dad. You oh know, yeah, you've done, no, that's, yeah. that's a lot of it too. Yeah, and and it's and it's frustrating to have people that truly, you know, it's always been this way, and it's this way in acting too. That that you're right. You're going to get no, 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 a lot. But it's truly frustrating when that is so utterly senseless. Mm. When when there's no reason except that they just don't care in any way and you're never going to get through back when i was calling i knew i would eventually get through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but now you'll never there's people you will they will never respond to you ever no matter but, unless lightning even if you became famous they still just don't care it's and, amazing how the internet can connect so many people but yeah. then distance so many people that's right true right so it's harder with all the blather and it's so easy to just say, click, 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 no, 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 no. And even people that I've been working for for 25 years, they just all of a sudden, they're like, well, and they've changed it. Like, I used to have no problem. Uh, there's a couple clubs where, uh, like Indianapolis, yeah, I, at one point, you have to make a choice. She's like, well, I can headline you once every three years, or, heck, I'll give you, it only pays like 300 less, I'll give you four feature dates a year. And I was like... I have no real care about getting famous. I said, okay, I'll do that. You were right here. <laughs> yeah, what do I do? Yeah. You know, it's, okay. I sell enough stuff and do stuff right. that I end up making a pretty good living, and it's a great club. And uh, But then after a while, they change the way they do things so much that it just doesn't behoove me to go in at all. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you know, I could, again, maybe get a headliner if I'm just keep bugging, have all my, if I have every week open, then I might get this one thing, <laughs> but then that's the only thing I do, as opposed to taking stuff that I can, that is more low-hanging fruit that I've worked on, and uh, and then there's some clubs now, like all the Zanies clubs, they don't even do features really anymore. It pays seventy-five bucks a set, and mm. they'll book five guys a week. You don't do whole weeks. There's no, so it, even to go in because you you just make seven hundred, eight hundred bucks to feature, and then but then headlining is is not really a thing but once every four or five years yeah. at a club that size so so the point of even contacting them becomes moot wow you're like speaking into my soul actually because I've thought about this a lot and I've thought about because I've been on both ends of the spectrum I've been on the part where I just like doing comedy yeah. I just want to do comedy then I'm on the other uh, spectrum of you know, I want to be famous because that's what that's what you always do. You always then say, you get to do comedy. Then you get to do comedy. Like yeah. I might not be that famous, and then uh, and then uh, it depends on. And then when you see other your peers who they are your peers, but then you're it, it, deep down you're kind of competition. But then you kind of leave that competitiveness yeah. competitiveness alone because you say, okay, look, I know I'm good. I know you're good. Let's just do our job. Mm-hmm. Let's just move on. So uh, it's it, it is a, a a fine balancing act, and the worst and the thing about it I've always noticed is that when you kind of don't give a shit and you just kind of okay well let's see what happens, 
either one of two things could happen. You could just be, you'll be happy either way, as long as you're content with who you are as a person, who you are as a performer, who you are pretty much in general. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing. But 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 in your case, though, in a because there's a whole different situation here, is you're young and you're in L.A. So what you you need to be doing and doing stand-up, obviously, because this is, you know, we're, you're going to get a lot of work from Carnival because yeah. you do a great job and you can subsist doing that. But you need to probably spend your as much time at home and not just doing sets. You need to find people that are doing work that you like, like little movies or anything. Right. And you need to start working with them because that's how people end up with Seth Rogen and stuff like that. Judd Apatow finds them and then, you know, you need to find like a director, producer or do that yourself and find a group that then as soon as one thing hits, you just go along together. Mm-hmm. On the yeah, that's Paul Rudd, Judd Apatow. Well, look Seth at Rudd. Adam Sandler. Oh, Do you yeah. think Rob Schneider would have <laughs> yeah, yeah. any sort of career right now? Right. If it weren't for Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler being right Rob there to say, buddy. come work, come, yeah, uh, hey, I've got a new project I'm doing, and we're going to do this together. Because he doesn't do any other films for anybody else, so, and everybody's got to find that. Mm-hmm. And especially in, in that situation. And that's how people just keep working and working and working. Because I, I, I thought of this, Holly Hunter just did a podcast with uh, uh, maybe Mark Marin. Okay. And uh, I think it was Mark. And that's when she was starting out, she's living with Frances McDormand, I think. And then they met the Coen brothers who were just starting to make films. And they said, yeah, yeah, take a little part in this one. Wow, we like what she did. Oh, and I met Frank, we're gonna get married. And now she's worked for them for every film. Mm-hmm. She's done other things and worked for a lot of work. But when it comes down to it, there's that core of people that they're a group. Mm-hmm. And when they make things, they're going to do it. You know, as and it gets as big as you know Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Right. So, so, but but I think you know if you have a core group of people that you hang out with, that you know, that you're that are yeah, you build a team. Yeah, uh, you build a team, and you all work together mm-hmm. too. Because I, I think just doing sets. And looking for auditions in LA, it doesn't work. It you, just isn't working anymore. No, no. That I, I think you hit on it before when you said, uh, uh, "Well, it's not, uh, where comedy used to be, where people are actually funny getting up there or headline actual headliners." Yeah. Now it's nah, mediocre, and then the YouTube sensation will be the headliner, or the person with the Instagram following will be the headliner that has a development deal. That's where it's changed now because, as you said, when, when you're in LA. You learn a, a few things. You say, okay, when you, you go through three stages, you first come and say, I'm going to be a star. I'm going to be a superstar. And then you come and you're like, all right, I'll be a co-lead. I could be a co-lead. Then you go down and be like, you know what? Co-star is not bad. I'll be a good. And then after that, after the, when you wise up, I just want to work. I just want to, I'll be a grip. That's I could right. do catering. Uh, you know, you'll well, Some people end up doing that. Yeah. Like uh, they, uh, a friend of mine that I went to college with was a great actor. He moved to L.A. and now he supplies trailers to all the, I mean, he makes millions Oh. Doing trailers for movies and stuff like that, and so so, <laughs> so just I went that direction, man. Not hey, that you're gonna do that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're I'm not doing that. Yeah, thank you, so. thank you, because I was like, what? Yeah, and yeah, my wife will listen to this. See, he's doing something different. He's doing right. trailers. Right. Can't you, you like to cook? That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the main thing. You can. I mean, you can right now if you had an idea for a show and you put together the whole process. Excuse me, Amazon Prime. You could have that show on Amazon Prime. 
for people to see. And uh, uh, Jimmy Del Valle just put up one. Actually, I did too. I did. Oh, it's, did you? Yeah, it's called All for Love. All it's, right, yeah, well, was, there you go. Yeah, and I, gentlemen, All for Love. Oh, wait, these uh, are your people. There. Here's my people. They should just be my podcast, maybe. But, yeah, uh, but he had a. But he does have a book out called The Hell. I have lots of books out. The, oh, how many books do you have out? Huh? I have uh, seven books out. What? Uh, my first book was called I'll Be in the Locker: Portraits of a High School Wuss. And it was about being small in high school and how you get treated and stuff okay. like that with stories and cartoons. And it, all my books have done pretty well. Uh, well, not all of them, but some. And then uh, I did a book called The Strangest Places People Have Sex, where I gave questionnaires to people. And we sold a lot of those. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I was offered a, a deal from Price, Waterhouse, and Sloan was a big publisher. Okay. I had a little publisher that did my books. And they offered me 10 cents a copy. And I told him, I said, look... Ten cents a copy is not going to do it because if you sell a million books, what is that to me? <laughs> I'm going to. My publisher will let me do these books. They'll let me buy them for eighty cents, mm -hmm. and I will sell them for five dollars at the show, and I will sell five thousand copies a year at least. Yeah. Which is what I did, and they'll also be in little stores and stuff like that. So doing that was. Then I wrote Hellgig, Enlightening the Road comic, which mm. caused a good splash. It was the first book really about stand-up that was really about the road, and other people have taken that and done road stories and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, I had uh, a book for little kids called Billy Fusher Tag, but then I started getting interested in bullying and stuff like that. So I started working with bullying specialists. I started working with specialists, and I wrote a book called Don't Feed the Bully, which is a detective novel that helps teach kids about bullying and then I went on WGN and it started getting popular and then I just started going to schools and working with schools and I got my master's in counseling behavioral science and then I was really for a while in the late 2000s uh, up to 2010 11, 12, 13 uh, I was doing 20, 30 schools a year and wow. it used to be money. They used to have money. They'd get grants, four grand, five grand, and they'd buy. I was getting checks from the publisher, 4000 a month, you know. And, oh, sweet. And sell them. But yeah, but that stops really quick because <laughs> what happens is schools are out of money, people are out of money, you know, time goes on. So now, you know, I, I try, for the last couple of years, I try to give away as many of these books a year as I can afford to. I sell them on ships and other shows to, to buffer the cost of right. giving away books. Mm -hmm. I'll sell them at my cost. I'll do. I'll talk to a school that needs help for seventy-five dollars, just to get the information mm. to them to help to find kids that are struggling mm. in schools. Right. And there's a lot of literacy to it and stuff like that. I've also turned. I've started writing a lot of educational poetry. Uh, I've got a book called "You Could You Be President." It's presidential poems, and through poetry, like read to you, read to me poetry, it explains the electoral college, what it takes to be president, what the president does. No, you should take this to the actual president. I yeah, think well, no, it was before. So oh, it's yeah, something I was that you But it does it have big words? Because it have big words. You know, he does. The actual president would not find this interesting. Well, but, right. uh, well, it came out six months before the election, and, and, and it ends with one of the things that it ends, and we'll find out through the electoral college who the president will be. And I was doing a ton of programs, and then Trump won, and and now people just don't want to do the program anymore <laughs> when they need it the most. Right, exactly. You know, to we really lost understand. faith in the Electoral College because right. it has turned around and screwed us backwards. Mm -hmm. When one vote in Wyoming is worth 300 votes in California, you've messed it up. And we didn't use it right. When the Founding Fathers created it, they created it for just the problem we're having now. When you get a demagogue who has no skills, shouldn't be it, but... 
he brings out this incredible racist bunch of people who are hateful and they're looking for something in the past and almost uh, I don't want to quote Hitler or anything but somebody who would who has no business being the president mm-hmm. the electoral college is supposed to then not put that person in mm-hmm. and that's what they didn't do because right. we become so polarized they hope that uh, that sc- smarter heads being the delegates would make the right choice. The problem is they didn't think, oh, wait, a bunch of idiots are going to be, a bunch of people already bought and paid for will be the delegates. Yes. So uh, that book, and then I've got a, my wife and I got a grant. This is all interesting, folks, isn't it? My wife and I got a grant to write a book teaching math standards through poetry. Wow. Called, uh, and it's called Speaking of Math. I need that one. It's a bunch of fun. Well, the first one is only like plus one, I still need that one. Okay, good. <laughs> and uh, but but the the reading level is real high. So uh, for littler kids, they use manipulatives, and they like there's like T Rex teeth poems, and you you have the little teeth, and you you see what the math looks like as you're reading the poem. And then for older kids, it, they're real fun, like beans and trolls noses, and and args of plenty is one about pirates saying args. And, uh, and it helps kids not only learn math when they're young, but literacy and acting skills. Because one of the great things when you learn about reading out loud is if I have to read and you have to read and we have to listen and read together and people have to read in unison, you really get a lot more out of that than just one kid. Okay, read a paragraph, Billy. You know, I want to buy chicken. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, and I've got a Halloween poems one that I do a lot of programs. I just, Cisco Systems uh, bought me a, a television studio for my office and I talk to school. I do almost all video conferencing now. Oh wow! Yeah. I, if a school doesn't have it, I'll get it for them. So, so we can. I can talk to a class. I've got a monitor. It's huge, right there. The whole. Can class. you bring it into the ships? Can we, uh, uh, no. No. Oh, okay. Just want to. I make can sure. actually. <laughs> the internet Just, is not good enough. Yeah, right, right. I have done programs on the ship because I've got programs through Cisco Systems and Zoom that I can video conference just from an iPad. Mm-hmm. And uh, matter of fact, when we lived in England, I, I had to do them all that way. Uh, and uh, it really works well through some of these programs, WebEx, Zoom, video. Uh, it's not Skype. It's not FaceTime. This is some really great technology. Okay. But the Internet's got to be really good. Mm. I did one program, though, on the magic or the breeze. I had to talk to an old uh, – I do uh, – and this is getting big – is like senior living places, and they want – comedy and programs but they'd like them to be kind of motivational so I do kind of a motivational humor thing and I did one from a ship one time and it actually stayed connected the whole oh time. that's great couldn't <laughs> believe it couldn't believe it I, I, I was like oh I was gonna ask how that go cause then you'd be like frozen it's in never, the mid-joke it's, I've never been able to get it to work at all yeah, yeah I was actually asking if you could bring it on cause we could have bigger TVs than Soleil yeah. no no uh, I can't um, bring my Oh, okay. And I'd help to check and can't put in the overhead. Yeah, sorry. 60-inch monitors are not Damn it. Okay, I'm just, I'm just I'm, it's all about me now. Um, this is, uh, this is. boring is what it's got. No, this is, uh, no, no, please. Uh, TMFH is pretty much about every fucking thing. I, I, yeah, pretty much everything that you could talk about. And I, I, I always say it's about comedians, authors, actors, and pretty much I've got everyone rolled up into one in you. I didn't know that's true. That's the true. books because when I actually called, I thought you were joking. You are like, oh, that's what I am. I'm all of them. Yeah, no, no. Like, and this this was up to number 16 on uh, on Amazon at one point and stuff like that. Sweet. So all of this is, uh, the books that you mentioned, are they still on Amazon? Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, sweet. I, I reissued uh, The Strangest Places People Have Sex. Oh, I wow. Redid it. Yeah, I redid it and put it back up. So, Man, uh, well, yeah. Is that the one that did the best? 
Out of uh, all of your books? No, this one is sold way more than any of them. And this, this, is this book is in? It, in what? The book that you just pointed at. Which, uh, which uh, one? This is Don't Feed the Bully. Don't Feed the Bully. Yeah, no, that one's still actively, you know, we're, there's thousands of kids in class every year that read it. That's great. Uh, luckily, I try now to get it to, uh, and the publisher went under finally, uh, so I had to redo everything and then get it all up through Create Space and all my books. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to redo Hellgig, had to redo everything to get it up on Create Space so it could be sold, uh, which it is now. But uh, but yeah, this one I it's I try to get it as cheap. The only place I sell a full price is here. <laughs> okay. And I, and people that's, pay full price. For that's a beautiful thing. Hey. Because I can buy five books. I still I still have a printer that I can print books, but everything else is printed through Create Space and Amazon. For people who buy them offline, because I don't make any money off those. I don't know if you have any books on Amazon. They no. charge, you know, what do they charge? Seven ninety five, and I get a dollar forty. Yeah, I got mine in euros. I think I got two, uh, forty euros. I don't know what that is. Like four. Yeah, that's I, a lot of money. Forty? No, no. It's point. Like I'm, I'm not like point four zero. Yeah. yeah. Point four zero euros. Seventy cents. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, but I was happy. I was like, oh my god. I've got foreign money. Although a friend of mine called me in 2010. She was a dental hygienist, and she goes, how do you get published? And I said, you don't. You do it yourself. You do this, you do this. And then she went with one of these fly-by-night, pay $3,000. They Oof. put your book out. and But her book starts selling. And I said, get it away from them now and do it yourself. Do it now. And she got it away from them, redid it herself. That book sold I don't know. She was making fifty thousand a month at one point. Wow! Yeah, she went to number like three on the New York Times bestseller, and then she just started writing more books. <laughs> now she's got like fifteen books out. She's making million bucks a year. All on all, just right through Create Space, right through Amazon, just getting. I mean, and this woman's name is J.K. Rowling. No, it's uh, no, no, Aletha Robing. Aletha Robing. Aletha Romig. Romig. She writes very saucy, spicy. The, her first book... Is it like Danielle Steele type, like very romantic? Oh, no, even even more. No, her first book is called... Uh, 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 great, I can't even think of the name. I want to say Consequences, but that's not what it is. Uh, but it's... Uh, look it up. Aletha Romig. But it's about Stockholm Syndrome. It's about this guy who kidnaps this woman, starts raping her a bunch... And then they fall in love. What the hell? Oh. I know. That's what every man would say. What the hell? <laughs> right. Women just take to it. And then she had five books in that series just selling like hotcakes. Because I told her, I said, look, publishers are going to start coming to you. Say no. Unless they have a deal. Because they're going to start off. And she did. She had publishers offering her two, three hundred thousand. She said, I can make that in six months. I don't need your two. I need you to tell me how many languages going to be in, and you guarantee me. That's awesome. And then she had a publisher do a series for her, and it didn't do as well. She said, forget this. Went back to doing it herself. So, Interesting. Aletha Romy. Yeah. Aletha Romy. How do you spell the last name? Uh, R-O-M-I-G. R-O-M-I-G. Yeah. You just oh. put it in the thing, and it's, it, it's it pop- goes nuts. That's amazing. She, we started, I've known her since uh, nursery school. We started in nursery school together. Damn. She didn't give me a dime. <laughs> all my advice. Not a dime. <laughs> well, I mean, you could, uh, in your heart of hearts, know that you helped her. No, no, no. We, we, we all went to Billy Joel. I've known her husband, too, all his life, you know, because they were high school sweethearts. Oh, sweet. Husband. And, uh, and uh, they're going to do my podcast. Wait, you're Bill- my what do you mean, Billy Joel? You said David. No, no, her husband and I and my wife and my daughter went and saw Billy Joel. Oh, I thought you said her husband, Billy Joel. I'm like, what? Yeah, she's married to Billy Joel. <laughs> I'm like, what is, what is going on? And he's Who's- the broke one. Oh, the broke one. Yeah, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's going to come do my marriage podcast. Oh, that's awesome. So Yeah, but man, mm. can you believe it? Just paying cash for houses and 
At one point, her big problem was they wanted to borrow some money, but they didn't. Their credit wasn't good, even though they had half a million in cash in the bank. <laughs> uh, oh, I hate when that happens. Hey, because they were trying to co-sign for their daughter to get a house, and they wouldn't. Banks, they were not going to take it. So they just gave her. They said, "Here's the money," and they loaned. They just gave. Unbelievable! Oh, that's a, such a nice. <laughs> oh, that's such a great. Oh man, one day, one Although day. They bought a house. See it though. When you're getting old. I, I can't. They bought a house in Florida, man. They've got a. They've got their winter house in Florida, yeah. and I just can. I will never be able to say I'm that old. They're now looking like snowbirds. Yeah. You know, when you get in your fifties and you're like, you're feeling that pull mm. to be an older person in Florida, just sitting around, going to early dinner. Right. You know, <laughs> and my wife going to early bird special. Yeah. Fight that forever. Don't do it. I yeah. want to retire in New York City. I don't want. Really? I want to retire. My wife and I. When you think about this, we want to retire all over the world. Like, hey, it's winter. Most people go to Florida. No, no, let's go live in Edinburgh for three months. You know, let's just rent a place and spend our winter in the south of Spain. You know, but that's well, for that's, a hell of a, that's, that's a what we want to do. Travel, yeah. learn, because we've done a lot of that. We've been to a lot of countries, but we really want to get to know places. Sweet. You think about going to Florida. Yeah, Florida, you're not going to know anything. Yeah, you're just going to be, you know, in the humidity and just <sighs> skin that looks like leather and alligators. Yeah. And London, you don't know. you know, just living in That's sweet. Ireland, like Galway or something, you know, just picture these places, going to the east, you know. And, and you said New York. Yeah, that is kind of backwards. You said going to New York. Like Most yeah. people try to get away from the hustle and bustle. Isn't that funny? I want to hustle and but Well, but if you don't have a job. Oh, that's always easy. Yeah. yeah. If you, yeah. Well, that's why I always feel bad when I go to New York and I, I don't do anything. Do any set? You know. Oh, we just love to see shows and eat and. Yeah, that's stuff the, like yeah, that. when Although I go. I usually I, do one set to, uh, you know, right off the trip. But uh, right. <laughs> the IRS is listening. Okay. Uh, I do a ton of work. Okay. Go, go, go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Caroline's is waiting right now. Caroline. Oh, Caroline's. I've, I've always wanted to work Caroline. I did Caroline's back in did the you? day. Yeah, yeah, I did. Are, are you, you still <clears> there? Or no. Yeah. Uh, they. Uh, yeah, I've been booted off. Uh, wow. Long story. No, I didn't. Put, I'm just making it up. So You're just it's not working. Yet. I'm yeah. just not working. Yeah, that's the it problem. Just, There's no drama to it. No, you work for a while, place, and then suddenly you're not working. There, and just, and you I just, I just, I know, I just stopped working, and then the, the management has changed. People don't know you. They're like, oh yeah, well, they're saying, oh, you remember you? Can I get a spot? No. 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 Yeah. So I don't know who books it? I have no clue. Well, here's what's funny about Carolines is to get in, somebody has to bring you in. That's the only way to get yeah. in Carolines. Somebody who already works there says, this guy's going to work with me, and then that's it. Uh, and I've never thought, I've known people that work there, but I've, again, I've never been able to ask someone to do anything. And that's what me. you got to start working on, man. No, it's too late for me. <laughs> it's all, it's too late again? Every I tried, I feel like a jerk. I'm yeah. just like, hey, could you yeah. maybe... Would you get uh, all the funds really? Can you, 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 you start... You're going to get a stutter? <laughs> Yeah, because there's a lot of gigs and stuff like that, and and even when I ask people who book something, I'm I feel like a schmuck. Like, really? Hey, you're doing that one club. Who books that club? I feel like, God, what a dumb. I feel like a jerk. Really? Oh man, I think. You know, I Sean think, Donnelly. I've heard of his name. Great comic. Like, he, yeah. he does. He just did. Uh, so I know him, and he. I just saw him at uh, Atlantic City. He was. He was at. It used to be the comedy stop at the Trop. They've reopened it as a thing, and I sent him a. Nice. I said, hey, at the comedy because we work there together. And neither of us got paid, by the way, because they closed. Okay. So, yeah, they still owe me $1,500. But, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, I said, who who books that? And, and I felt just like a sh And he's like, 
Oh, well, it's this guy. Well, who the hell is that? That's what I like, too, is I don't tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, all right. Then ask again yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, then finally said, well, it's this guy out of New York and stuff like that. And I knew right off the bat, I said, there's no way this guy's ever. So I did send the guy an email. He goes, send him an email. And, you know, the email was like info at blah, oh. blah, entertainment. Right, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Info. Info. Uh, right. That, that dot org. Trash can. Yeah. That means delete. Check your spam. Yeah, check your spam because that's where it is. And uh, so I sent him uh, an email, but I'll, I guarantee I'll never hear from this guy. But uh, Jeff Johnson uh, just opened Howie Mandel's Comedy Club at Atlantic City. Oh, great. And him I know. So he gave me a date. So nice. So that's amazing. There you go. I love that guy. Okay. That guy. Well, see, that's good to have uh, create friendships and hopefully stay friends. That's my other problem is I, I never called friendships very well with, like, major comics that I know because I, I felt like I was bugging them. And then sometimes they would get famous and then I would never call or check with them because I knew They'd be like, oh, now you're calling me. You're really? I'm famous. Well, the thing about it's so funny because the flip side, again, you it's kind of going in bizarro world. You go in reverse where you uh, used to be calling promoters all the time, all the yeah. time, all the time. Now you're like, eh, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to be that person that's bugging you. When at this point, it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of flipping. I'm like, I'm at the point now, I'm like, I'll just keep asking you. I mean, I don't care so at this funny. point. Yeah, I'll just ask you all day long, well, how do they do it? How do they do this? Why were they booked over here? Is there a way I can get into it? I'm like, uh, uh, can, can, you, can I answer the first question on before you go to the other fourth or fifth question? <laughs> so that's how I am right now. But well, you're but like, you should be that way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I guess it's I because know, of where I live, too. Famousy, famousy, famous people that, yeah. I, that I would never contact. Really? Never. Unless it was about a kid or something. You know what okay. I mean? Like uh, Some, back, in the, back in the old days, I, I don't, like Foxworthy, I knew, but I, I, anymore I don't, I would not get a hold of him. But, but you know, 10 years ago, I had mm-hmm. all stuff. And if I needed something for a chair, you know, like, hey, send me a signed picture for this kid thing I'm doing. I, that I'd do. Okay. But uh, Larry the Cable Guy, you know, and I would, I used to do that just, we, we, we would do uh, these diabetes benefits. But, but that would be the end of it. I would never ask for... As far as you know, for yourself. It would be for someone else. Anything. Oh, my God. And Well, now, and, you know, and I still keep in touch with a lot of people, and I think they appreciate it. Okay. Well, I did The one I did have, and I won't mention her name, but uh, I worked with her, and, and you love people that you have this week together that is just great, you know, and they're they're that close to getting famous, and they're like, no, if you want to if you want to come work the improv in L.A., come on out, I'll get you with Bud, I'll, you know, back in the days, Bud had shit, and this guy, I said, no, that's okay, and she goes, no, no, come on out to L.A., so then she's, uh, like a year later, gets this big sitcom, and uh, I'm in L.A., and I just call, leave a message, and you know the problem right off the bat when they're, when their answering machine is... This is blah, blah, and only my management is taking my call. So unless this is something totally family-related, please come. I was like, oh. And I didn't want anything but to have lunch. And I left a message, hey, man, I'm in town. Do you want to have lunch? It's no big deal. And didn't hear back for days. And on the way out of town, I called and I said, look, man, 
I get it. You don't want to call me. You don't want to hang out. And I got a call back. Oh, no. It's not a big deal. I just have been busy. And I just email yeah. me at info. Yeah. Dot yeah. Yeah. Info. <laughs> me. Dot me. All about me. Yeah. Dot me. Dot me org. TV right now. Making 30000 <laughs> a week. And you're me a more popular than you. Dot org. You feature act for me up in Seattle. <laughs> but, uh, and then, and then, so I just, that just. So just leaves you. So, so, so I got you. And then later, when they're not famous, they're suddenly buddies again. You know, they, hey, uh, how you been? Yeah, I understand. I talking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what you been up to? I'm on the ships. How do I get into yeah. the ships? <laughs> how can I get on the ships? Who do I talk to? Like, ah, uh, sorry, I've been so busy. Have so- you interviewed Thea? Yeah, Thea Vidal. Yeah. See, what a great interview that is. Uh, I got, oh, no, have I interviewed? No, I haven't. I, oh, I thought you said have you knew you know her. her. I know her. You met her. You haven't and talked I, to her. I have not, her. You got to talk to her. I definitely want to talk to her. She has lived the life and done up and down and so much from the bottom to huge fame to, and just hearing her talk about it, because Thea and I were, uh, when I started and she started, uh, we did like three weeks together on the road and, and she lived at my mom's house. So we, I mean, we just did so much together back in the day and just to see her go through all these stages over the years and then see her now and work with her and she's just such a, the presence, her presence is incredible. Yeah, no, I know. And I, I wish so much for her and it just, just you just got to talk to her. You got to, I hope you get the chance to. I hope so too. No, I, I when I saw her, I was like, see, because I remember I was, I saw, I think I was in, High school, uh, a middle school. When I saw a comic strip live or Dangerfields, it was something. And she had like well, her a big te- first thing, yeah, that Dangerfield special. That Dangerfield when she had a Tina Turner wig on, yeah. And then she, and then I think from that, she, she got the show Thea when she had it on ABC for a little while. Two years. Two yeah, for two years. And then she Brandy was, made Brandy famous. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's I forgot about that, but yeah, and and then I and saw did a lot of BET stuff. Did a lot yeah, of she. Yeah, and now she's working here with you and she, me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, the, uh, that's the, the twisted tangle of comedy. Well, I tell you that much. But, but she's she, brilliant, man. Oh, no, she's awesome. Oh she's, I God, mean, like you said, she's... Her work is... It was so funny. The last time I saw her, I was on a date uh, with this girl at Caroline's, and I took her to Caroline's. I said, hey, Thea Padilla, uh, let's go check her out. And then, in typical Thea, I was like, Thea, how you doing? I'm Mike. And she goes, oh, I remember you, baby. How you doing? And she goes, this your little girlfriend that you? I was like, well, we're just going out. You know, because, yeah, yeah, he's taking you out because he wants some of that thing, girl. I'm like, oh. And I'm just sitting like, oh. And like, yeah, he don't want to take you out to a nice restaurant because, but he wants you to lick his ass. I'm like, all right, Thea. Yeah. We're going to be leaving right now. So it was, it was, it was typical Thea, but it was, she was great. She oh. was, and, she, and this was a high school show she was doing. It was nice. prom night. Nice. So she's talking about giving Why head. Why would they hire Con, they just if they wanted a clean show? Their, their research department get, really yes, didn't do their job. Because she's, I mean, brilliant and just, yeah, if you get a chance to talk to Thea, no. she's the dream person. She's Almost definitely. one of my greatest Her and a lot of other folks, but I'm glad I got a chance to talk to you. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's I like 7.30 every... No, no, yeah, it's every... edit this thing down to about 12 minutes. Yeah, well, we're going to edit... Because I was at, I'm planning to have dinner now. I'm past dinner. I know. Gotta get got a show. For, I got a show at 8.30. I got two more hours. Oh. I'm, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think I'm good. So it's 6.30. Yeah, it's 6.30 right now. Yeah. Well, I'm let's still... wrap it up with something important. <laughs> but, yeah. Is there a thing you do? I should have brought some questions that people... Uh, ask I, during the the marriage show. Yeah. I've got a stack of questions. Oh yeah, I, I would love to do Can you that. Vamp for f- 
eight seconds. I'll be back. Oh, the van for take. Uh, okay. Right, I'm gonna grab, grab my cabin. All right, so he's running to his cabin right quick. Uh, he's gonna be getting some questions that I'm gonna vamp for eight seconds. So this is a first here at TMF H where he's going to give you some questions about being married and mayhem. And then I'm just going to give, like, quick little tidbits on <laughs> what, what I do. Like, what tidbits would that be? I don't know what the tiddly bits are. So let's see what happens. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Brad Tassel, and I do a show called Marriage and Mayhem, which will be premiering at the Edinburgh Comedy Festival here uh, in August. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's a one-man show. It's stand-up, but it's also I have longer pieces in it about marriage. Uh, as I've been married, I, I say I've been doing comedy 30 years. I've been married 25. So I'm going to spend the next five years celebrating marriage <laughs> okay. with a lot of jokes and a lot of fun. But I also, because I do have a master's, not that marriage is my uh, expertise, mm. I ask uh, I ask people questions to fill out in the thing. Okay. So, so uh, let's see. What does that one say? All right. This first question he's giving me right now. We're going to do a few questions here before we wrap it up here. So uh, the first question is, what is the best way to keep the sexual heat alive while the kids are at home? While the kids are at home. See, that's an interesting question because in the actual building or just young and in the house? Well, I'm assuming they're going to be in the house. The kids are going to. They're well, not but living. that could also be that you're tired. You know, she's, I'm guessing that's a man. Yes. And. That it could be a woman too. I mean, right? Women. Well, I'm just I'm, t I'm making a, an assumption. Okay. That because a lot of times when the kids are young, the wife is tired a lot. And right. She's just not in the mood. Mm -hmm. and he's pressing, pressing, pressing to have sex right. because he wants his penis to be alleviated from the pressing, oppressing against <laughs> yes. his leg or and his open pajamas. She that as another chore, even though normally they have great sex when it's normal and and he's good at it let's mm. let's say that he's good at it because let's go with that yeah because a lot of times you know if he ain't that good at it then it is totally <laughs> exactly and that's selfish it's so what i see uh and i'll tell you what i see first you tell me okay uh let's see what i see is let me see what is the best way to keep sexual heat alive while the kids are home I, now, do you want to answer, like, for... for yeah, no, I, well, I'm like, what would I do? Yeah, what would you advise this guy? What, what, uh... Or you can think it's a woman, but... I, yeah, what, what, like, let's, yeah, I think we we'll go uh, go with the guy. What I would do is, um... Hmm. I haven't been romantic so long. This is, that's how long I've been married. You, you, you haven't had sex in a year I haven't had sex in a year now, pretty much. That's what, I, that's what married answer. life is exactly. <laughs> so, I think... Did I write this question? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, what I would do... Oh, run a bath. Always have a bath. I would to keep. Nice. I would run a bath, uh, so almost like things a, for her. For her, non-sexual. Yeah, I, I that, think that it, help her relax. There you go. Because the thing that I've noticed is, it's not about the actual for guys. You know, the penetration because you know it doesn't take much for us. But for women, it's all about leading up to and the mind and the pampering and and do things that don't necessarily are that that would uh, uh, that lead up to sex. The foreplay. That's right. It's about the foreplay. Don't put no. well, but don't but but now don't make it foreplay because once you make it foreplay, now in her mind at some point there has to be 
release. They're, so you're putting conditions on what you're doing. But it did see that's why I said the bath thing is not like a foreplay thing. You're like, hey, let me run you a bath. You want to take a bath together, and then you sit there, and then you you which I have to start doing in my own marriage is talk and just talk about what she wants to talk about, and then sure. whatever happens happens naturally. So that in a sense, but it is may another, not happen. Yeah, and don't be upset if it doesn't the first time or the second time or the third time don't put conditions on what you're doing for her okay that, i've got to work on that you're in the bath gonna, because as soon as she's going to be the whole time like he's just buttering me up to get it in there he's just yeah. buttering me up to get it in mm. there and then when you don't get it in there at the end you're like well i'm giving this crap but i'm right. not helping her anymore. Yeah, right as opposed to putting no conditions on it doing things like the bath just being with her and you don't have to even necessarily do stuff. You can kind of rub here, whatever. Yeah, rub her shoulders. Be with her, be with, right. Make things relaxing. And then if it happens, it does. It may not. But as time goes on, the chances go way up that it will. That she'll get to a point where it will. And then you're fine. And, and it gets to the point where it probably will. But the problem is... Well, how long was that probably? It could be a long time. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, see, but again, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. now okay. you're putting these conditions. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. You, okay. you treat her like you're having sex. You treat her like you're doing it, even if you're not. Hmm. You treat her like you're going to do it. With As you say, if your wife likes the bath, if my wife likes just laying there and we're kind of touching, even just the act of just kind of kissing a little and just rubbing on without heading in there, without mm -hmm. thinking your thing is going to get, you know, because as they say, women have all these erogenous zones all over their body and we got the one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, honey, what if I rub you here? I don't yeah. give a crap. Don't no, rub, me a shit. rub me there. <laughs> yeah. you know? What if what are your earlobes? My earlobes don't no, give a crap. No, 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 no. I have two earlobes right underneath So let, just let that let that go okay and and you, and you just have to and and you're gonna you're gonna get there eventually because she'll be ready okay i'm, I'm telling you that's that's eventually eventually she'll be ready and uh, eventually she'll be ready but no conditions to, on it all right treat no her treat her like she wants to be treated and and you might enjoy it too see all these guys they're all they're thinking of i gotta get in there just try to enjoy that time with them and also Hmm. And if they see you enjoying that time, then there might be a little more reciprocation. Oh, you know what I mean? okay, like, like, well, I was going to say like paying There's taxes, but I, uh, okay, let's see what this one says. Isn't it weird? It's a comedy show and people write serious questions. Yeah, I was like, really, they really need to know stuff. Apparently, there's a lot of going on out there that I did not realize. Should they be, okay, this is another question. By the way, that question you have, there's like four men here that are that exact same question. Okay, okay. Oh, geez. Uh, okay, get a divorce. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, should they be allowed to choose their own religion or be raised into religion? These are kids. These, well, they, uh, what does it say in the uh, bringing up children in a marriage. Yeah. So this is for bringing up children in a marriage. Again, should they be allowed to choose their own religion or be raised into a religion? This is interesting because my kids, and I talk about this in my show, uh, the they're part Indian Hindu, and I was raised Roman Catholic. So, is your wife then Indian? She's Indian. Yes, she was. She's Indian, but she does, she was raised Hindu, but she does not practice it. Neither do I, and I don't practice it as well. Yeah. So, we came up to the conclusion. I'm still a spiritual person. I still, you know, okay. Well, I'm not gonna lie. You go to church as much, but I occasionally go to church. She doesn't really go to the temple. 
for special occasions. And so we do Diwali every year. Yes, do, she does a Diwali. Do, we do the big. We do the big thing. Greater than every Hindu tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much fun. Well, yeah, a lot of colors. Oh, so many uh, Indian of, people in my life, and we do. Oh, oh God, it's a, it's a, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. But she still does that. She might not practice a lot of stuff, but she still does Diwali, and we still do Christmas and all yeah, the all the, the, course, oh, too, oh, yeah, the regular. Um, holidays, but we decided that when, I'm not going to force. Like I was raised Roman Catholic, I was like I didn't wow, have a Roman choice. Catholic. Yes, and I wasn't going to force that. And my mother's a devout Catholic. God bless her. But I went to other churches and things like that because I wanted some something different, some, a different message. Because I felt like the message was not, I was I was being preached to, not taught to. I like to right. be taught. And that's one thing I tell my kids. I say, okay, the main thing that you have to understand is uh, respect other people's privacy, respect other people's beliefs, religions, uh, uh, differences, uh, 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 don't have any type of phobia, transphobia, homophobia, whatnot. You may not understand it. But the, your, our, your, our job is to, okay, I don't understand it, but then don't try to, which unfortunately a lot of people try to do is either eradicate it, crush it, dismiss it. That's right. Uh, try because to, they don't feel it. Yeah. They it have could, no empathy for it. They have it. no empathy for it. So I like, just like a three-year-old. I don't like exist. it. Yeah. So it, does, it doesn't matter to right. me. So um, I think the thing is, I, uh, with this question, I think... You should let them choose. Uh, you should expose them to it. If you sure. like, expose them to, it, bring them to church with you. You should expose. I think you and should expose them to all religions. All religions. Just yeah. see. Okay, what what do you feel? What uh, how do you feel? Because it, it's supposed to touch. It's like a song. Like some songs you feel, other songs you don't. Some you, songs you're not connected. To. Connected to another song. I songs may not be connected to that song. And uh, and the people that are so damn connected get me farther from being connected. Further away, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, no, yeah. That's great. Last, real quick. Okay. I, th- I found one that I got that would might probably hit home with you. Oh, what is the best way to handle interracial marriage? Oh, well. Uh, and this is also uh, bringing up children in marriage? No, no. This oh, just, just what is the best way it, to handle it? Inter- is, it is. It's either thing. And I guess this is just handing, having dealing with interracial marriage. And my guess is maybe they're talking about the families on both sides and maybe people being against it. It's, uh, it's there. Uh, we looked at it this way. When my wife and I talk about this in the show as well, I start, I'll bring this up a little bit. Because you happen to be in one. I am very much in yes. one. And she's Indian and, yes, I'm black. Very much so. And, in case uh, you didn't know it. Just in case you didn't know, if you didn't look at the... Uh, He's not the Indian. No. <laughs> I hide it very well. I hide it. Like, but uh, and I, like I said, I'm Haitian. And uh, they still have arranged marriages, but not to the to the extreme that they had back in the day where, you know, they had dowries and all that. They yeah. Now they Damn. have... Yeah, they get no dowry? No dowry. No, no oh, calves, man. no milk, no crops. So the the whole fact of it was... It was their issue, the family's issue, uh, especially on her side, the Indian side, because their whole thing was because a lot of, uh, many of their uncles and aunts, that's how they were married. So they figured tradition is tradition. There's a billion of us. There's a billion. You can't find one. You can't one. find one. Of, exactly. They were like, why did you have to do this? Black people's only 13% of this country. There's a billion There's of us. I know. We got, they, I mean, they took out a whole <laughs> mural of people, like a whole gazette. The Indian gazette had all these people, and you can't find one. And that's exactly what they were, what they were saying. And I told them, look, this is something that, that I understand that they have to hold traditions true. But when it comes to people's happiness, and it comes to her happiness, and, and if I and they saw that fortunately hopefully this is still the case I still make her happy and she made me happy and it was so funny the grandmother 
who was there be- when uh, Brit- uh, uh, Great Britain was colonizing India. Wow. She was the one that said... She was back there when uh, Indiana Jones was... Yeah, yeah, funny. Stones, stones, exactly, before they took the heart. Whatever. Yeah, before all of that, she was the one that said, hey, they're getting... Uh, my granddaughter's getting married. I'm going. This is ridiculous. If this is who they makes it... They weren't going to go. They weren't going to go. They didn't wow. go. They weren't going to go until two weeks into the... Where was she match. raised? Uh, my my wife. Yeah, she was raised. Uh, she was born in India, but she moved like around three three years old. Oh. So, so she, she was, was raised born in India. Because most yeah. of the people I know, because we have a lot of Indian friends, you know, their kids were all born in the United States. Yeah, no, no, no accents. No, have them talk like this. Yeah, that, it's so stupid. It's oh exactly. God, my yeah, parents are driving me crazy. Right, I know. <laughs> it's like they come from the valley yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. and they have that. Perfect Indian yeah, accent. Why are you like, talking that way? I know. Yeah, I, I, and, the, and the kids are like, "Oh my God, shut up! I, Stop talking that oh way!" Oh my God, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's 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 like I'm watching two different families, <laughs> literally. So my the, the mom, the grandmother said, "No, no, we're going to this wedding, and this is sure. ridiculous." And uh, and I know this might have worked for you, How but traditionally this, Indian was the wedding. We had two ceremonies. That's right. That's we had right. two ceremonies. We had uh, the Catholic ceremony. Wow, we had the you Indian ceremony. that far away. You still did the Catholic ceremony. We, oh, yeah. You had communion uh, Oh, no, we didn't. We, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, my, we had the Catholic ceremony where my because mo- my mother was a devout Catholic. She was like, yeah. we're going to have that. Still? And I was like, still. Oh, still. My father, eh, he's, he's getting there. You know, he's getting on in years. And maybe because he sees the light at the Start end of the tunnel. Now he's going, maybe I'll hedge my bets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's like, I want another mulligan. Jesus Let me try won't it. understand. He, Jesus, here's what I understand. People who do that and they think Jesus isn't smart enough to get the fact that you're. Yeah, that you, we, he sees through it. Look, yeah. he sees it. Look, he know the light is coming at the end of that tunnel. We know what you're trying to do. But we'll let you play this little game. And then uh, we had the Indian ceremony, which they, my parents and my. And my family surprised me. They came in saris. It was beautiful. It was. Yeah, we had we the first in the ashram in uh, Georgia, biggest one in the world, in the country. Okay. And just we went through some of the ceremonies. It's just. Beautiful. Oh yeah, and we we just I didn't believe we, in it. It's beautiful. Oh no, you don't have to I believe, believe in half of it, like yeah. any other religion. Well, I believe in the good half, and I don't believe in the, the made the, up. The, yeah, exactly, made yeah. up. Yeah, the stuff that when it was before the minds actually evolved, yeah. when you didn't like sacrifice your firstborn or yeah. well, you know when it's one. No, yeah, that, 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 we're still doing that. No, oh yeah, <laughs> so we just trying to we, we just went along with it, and and the thing that we understood was that. It's not us that have to change. It's they that have to change. They have to change their way. Are you thinking. finding any? Uh, they're changing, but that's just family. Do you find that? I'm guessing, of course, in LA, you see zero of this. Any resistance of anybody in the public? Uh, in the beginning, we did, and especially really? yeah, in the beginning, we did. That is wild. And it was actually amongst the like, Indian culture. Yes. No, I think you the, still see yes, yeah. Indians. That are traditional that would see you and be yeah because every time they ask me the same thing you're married to her I'm like yeah and that's my kids right there right yeah. and what do the parents have like well what kind of that's, that's at that time we were like we're two kids deep so they better get over it now because I was very unhappy a friend of mine and his and his husband lived in Chicago for you know most of their lives and they just moved back to our hometown in Mishawaka and they went to my parents restaurant and uh, they had this family of rednecks sitting at another and as I go by there's four dudes about 15 riding bikes the other way about to run over these two and I thought to myself I would call the police if they weren't black <laughs> <laughs> I can't call the police that's 
So two black people can't have no jam sex? Is that yeah, what you're trying to say? Is that what you said? Please That's, come. They please come. Beat them up or beat something. Up, yeah. and, damn it. Damn it. Uh, I thought about uh, getting a stick and poke, uh, poke, poke, poke it in the butt. Bro. Oh, I like that, baby. I like that. I was going to say. Yeah, like, oh, is this new? Like, <laughs> like oh, come on in. Uh, That's oh a, is it 9 o'clock? There's no way no, you're going to do all this. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm so glad. those are how the questions work. Those are the questions. And this is marriage and mayhem. Major marriage and mayhem. Marriage and mayhem. So marriage and mayhem. Com if you if you're interested and, and yeah we'll answer we'll answer questions I answer questions in the show we do about ten minutes of it and and some get really funny and and then some people want serious stuff so, so, right but, yeah that's awesome that's awesome and uh, there you have it there you have it Brad Tassel Marriage and Mayhem uh, and all of his books I think if if you didn't hear it I think it was an hour uh, at the thirty minute mark so you could go back <laughs> yeah and listen now to we're it. two hours and twenty minutes yeah, yeah you could go back and check it out then and check it out on Amazon and uh, please uh, pick it up and whatever all that but thank you so much Brad for doing hey, this my man shake my hand yes we're shaking hands yes and hopefully we've uh, helped you and uh, and somewhat of uh, answers with your marriage and if not well. Get a divorce. That's what I've tried. I, that, that's really, like, if, if you need help here, you really need help. You really need help if you have to come here. Yeah, because this is not the place for that. I didn't I didn't say this was a help show. It just turned into that. But thank you so much for another episode of TMFH. Please check us out on SoundCloud and or iTunes. This is my guest today with Brad Tassel signing off. Take care of yourself. Peace. Never could